with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good whatever. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, although I guess it's Ghost Chronicles, the original. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England zone, Van Helsink. And with me is she here. Is Maureen here with me yet? Nope, still waiting. Anyway. I'm, I'm on the phone. All right, joining me now uh, is the original host of Ghost Chronicles, the queen of pain herself, Barmeen Wood. Hey, hi. How are you? So, Hello. I'm okay. <laughs> that went well. Sorry. All right. <laughs> are so we all we together go. now? Yes, we are, hopefully. And also joining us is someone I've known not as long as Maureen, but uh, a compadre of her for many, many years, uh, Black Betty herself, uh, Betty <laughs> Betty Comfort. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Hello, nice? everybody. <laughs> What's nice? Hi, Betty. <laughs> Hi. What's wrong with Black Betty? It's the only name I ever called her. <laughs> it's a song. I know. It's a song. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, it's over 20 no, years now, I think, Ron. Betty, are you offended by it? If you're offended by it, please no. let me know, and I will uh, you know, cut a, thing, cut a finger off or something for you. Nope, that's quite all right. I'm not offended. Okay, that's good. I need my fingers. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, it's well, been a while since me. we spoke with you. You, As I mentioned before, you are a compadre of uh, the queen there. and. Uh, so uh, how do you two know each other? We actually met at a at a writing group. We both wanted to be writers, and there was a group that would meet once a month with aspiring writers and published writers, and that's where we met. Feedback writer. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. That was probably about, what, 28 years ago? 30 years ago. 30 years ago. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you, when you were both like six years old, yeah, just about. You know yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> you know it, and, Ron. Yeah, and so, but you know, back then, you know, Maureen was a little strange, Betty. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I mean, she was. She I was wasn't into, strange. She was into one of these voodoo, all this voodoo stuff here. The uh, not voodoo, but the uh, you know all this spiritual stuff and everything else. You know, which was she talked you know, to dead people. What's so weird about that? Exactly, Why? that's normal. <laughs> yes, yeah, they made a movie. They made a hit movie out of that. I'm sure they did. They made many hit <laughs> movies. They made movies out of Scream and uh, you know Nightmare right. on on Elm Street and a lot of other good ones too. But anyway. So uh, you became friends, and then, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Maureen ran into me, and 
the rest was downhill after that. But she has uh, written three books with me, of course, uh, but she's also written mm-hmm. some books with you as well. That's right. Which yep, is... we we took many of our of our spiritual and paranormal adventures and put them into uh, young adult books. Oh, something I could read. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yep. And uh, even Jeff yeah. Belanger liked the book. He liked it. So, uh, yeah. So we have, I think we have four out, and it's the uh, the Ghost Seekers Paranormal series, and you can find them on Amazon. Excellent. And uh, Maureen, as I mentioned before, and, you know, feel free to speak up, Maureen, by the way. You know, this is your show, too. I'm sorry. I'm fighting with my computer here trying to get it started. So. Okay. Whatever. Carry on. I'll be there in a moment. Yeah. Anyways, um, I lost my train of thought. But uh, you you started. uh, Yeah. But Maureen, you know, came and she joined the New England Ghost Project and and she worked Mm -hmm. with me for Many, 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 many years. And yeah, you have you, me to thank for that, by the way, because I encouraged her to do that. To do what? <laughs> to join your group. That was a mistake. <laughs> hey! <laughs> for her, for you, not me. And you think I'm going to talk? Okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, yeah, that was a and, long uh, time ago, but yeah. It was. And yeah. and, and Betty went uh, her way and, and she joined up with the Reverend Steve Wilson. Uh not the Reverend, right. the shaman or whatever he is. Uh well, Steve both. Wilson. Okay, there you go. Steve Wilson, the voice of a uh yep, one of those guys. Anyway, and uh I always told him that, you know, he could be like that Reverend Jones. He's, his his voice is so so dramatic and so, you know, like Take the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah, I will, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> God. Thank God he's not that kind of person. I know. Thank God. <laughs> we wouldn't be interviewing you today. <laughs> well, at least not from prison anyway. Uh, but anyway, but, how did but you... actually, I... Betty and Steve wrote some books, right, Betty? Oh, yeah. That's I forgot right. about we those, wrote, uh... Well, let, let me, before right. we get we to those wrote, books, uh... before we get to those... Okay. I want to know how you hooked up with the the Reverend. I don't mean hooked up. I mean hit, hitched. Never right. mind. How'd uh, you meet him? It has a totally different meaning these days. Yeah, totally. I, I began to work at a little New Age center in Massachusetts, and um, I was the one that would, um, you know, bring in new talent and did, you know, did sort of like a jack of all trades there. And Steve would do shamanic healings. And I didn't know what a shaman was. I'd never heard of the term. And I didn't know what he did. And because I worked there, I got a discount. <laughs> so I said, hey, let's see what even this better. is all about. <laughs> even better. And uh, blew my socks off. I'd never had a healing like that before. And um, I told him, I said, okay, you need to teach me this. And I basically hounded him until he began to teach it, not only to me, but to other people who were curious about the, you know, uh, shamanic healing and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And we became really close friends and we wrote books together and had many adventures. Right. And you guys founded the Spiritual Light Network. You still have that? The Spirit Light Network. Yep. That was our paranormal investigative group. Mm-hmm. You know, we approached it from a shamanic point of view, which is an energy point of view. And, you know, what we would do is that we would help the dead cross. That was our specialty. We would come in, we'd see what was going on, and then we'd see if the spirit wanted to 
move on or not. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, Mari, yeah, we, so how we found that many times. Were... Well, Sorry, we, we found that. What? No, no, go ahead. We found that um, people become stuck in what we call the in between place, the deceased, because they don't know that they can move on because they're still tied to the earthly plane. They still have emotions that are tying them here. So using a combined energy, because there were five of us in the group, um, we would show them, you can leave. There, There is the doorway. You can leave anytime you want. And if they didn't want to leave, we never forced them. Uh-huh. We just gave them an, uh, an alternative. Any way you could use that same energy on the people in Washington, D.C.? I wish I could, believe me. <laughs> you can move on now. You can move on. <laughs> I know, huh? Yeah, well, you know yeah. what they say, evil never dies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So, Maureen, you would begin to say something before Betty so rudely cut you off, or was it? No, she didn't cut off. I, so, Betty was talking about how they helped to see whether or not, you know, they wanted to move on. Um, but I was going to say, you know, how did you know? Like, what signs did you feel it? Did you get that inner knowing? Did you actually hear hear them speak to you? Like, what what did you, how do you know when it was ready for them to move on or not? Uh, basically, what we did was, again, we combined our energy and we would try to ground out or move, I should say, ground and move out the energies that kept them here. Many times it was fear, um, unfinished business, you know, people that, you know, they took care of their families and life and they still felt as though they had to do it in death. And we would explain to them that, you know, it's over, you know, your life as it was is you're not on the earth plane anymore. You can't take care of your family. There aren't things that you can do. You need to move on and continue your journey on the other side, that sort of thing. And we would just start to move whatever they were holding on to through us. It's called grounding. And we can get into that later, how to do it. Cause that helps a lot of people that are empathic or feel too much energy. And nine times out of 10, once we showed them what the energy felt on the other side, you know, through the doorway, paradise, heaven, whatever you want to call it, why would you want to stay in the in-between place? Why would you want to stay stuck? Many, I think most of them would move on. Because it is everything you've heard. There is so much love and peace and all the adjectives that, that describe a place like that. That's it's why they true. keep throwing me back. But anyways, what I wanted to know is... <laughs> we'll is, help you, run. <laughs> is that... Does it work the other way around? Do you have the living not letting go of the dead so that they can go on as well? And Very if there much is, so. And if, if there is, how do you uh, deal with that? Well, basically, you know, I, I have had that happen. I, I have friends that have lost loved ones. And I always try to gently tell them that as a human being, you have to go through the grieving process. You know, you can't turn it off. You have to go through the five stages, I believe in it. But at some point, if you love the person enough that passed, you have to let them go because your grief will hold them here. Mm-hmm. And then they have free will. I can't interfere if they refuse to let go of their loved ones. There's nothing I can do. 
it's it's an interesting thing because various cultures have different thoughts about that. For instance, in Japan, they really don't have grief councils because they believe that if you have grief councils and you settle your grief, then you are you are you are uh, not remembering the dead. You are releasing them, and mm-hmm. they they don't believe it that way. If I if I got that right, but. Uh, and we have it differently this way. I mean, it, is it is it more cultural or is it uh, just personal beliefs? Well, if you look at the Japanese or or you look at the Mexicans, the Day of the Dead, or you look at other cultures, they honor mm-hmm. their dead, mm-hmm. but they don't hold on to them every single day. Right. From what I've been able to see, you know, they 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 take time out to honor their existence. They love them for who they were and for who they were in their lives, but it doesn't feel like they're holding on to them like people that are, are grieving. You know, the example that I give is Queen Victoria. Poor Prince Albert could never leave this. He, he couldn't move on. She held on to him for, what, 50 years? Every mm-hmm. single day. She well, until she met the Indian yearly. guy. Until she, well, not even then. But even so, um, you know, so that's when you get excessive grieving, that's where you have the issue of, you know, you're you're not letting the dead move on. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because even even in his funeral coffin, uh, she didn't let him go. She she no, she never did. Sense. Yeah, she she kept his room exactly the way it was. She kept his clothes with her. She kept you know she had a a, a cast made of of his face in his hand that she kept with her every day and mm-hmm. every night. So excessive grieving is. Death, you know, death masks at that, that time period were common, though, as well, well as yeah. uh, hair reefs and uh, hair jewelry, uh, dead jewelry, uh, hair dead, yeah, whatever the hell it is, uh, jewelry as well that were made. So mm-hmm. that was a common practice at that time. Uh, yeah. So, but I have a, a an interesting question I want to ask you and Maureen. Uh, we now have the technology to speak to uh, dead loved ones in conversations. Um, and this is really frightening to me, I think. Uh, the South Korean uh, company has developed the technology. Basically, it's AI. They, did, they put in all the input of all the, the living person. And you can go and you can go and you could speak to whoever, whether it's your mother, your father, whoever you, you don't want to let go and continue conversation, continue living with these people, even though they're past. What's your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Well, this may sound a little controversial. That seems to be my middle name. But how do you know that that really is your mother or your father or your grandparents? Just as you have people on this side of the veil that are tricksters and not very nice, you get that on the other side. And there are Mm -hmm. spirits on the other side. And I know, Ron, you've met them. They can be very manipulative and they will go for your vulnerabilities. And if you so want to talk to someone, how do you know that that really is that person? Well, it's to me, it would make more sense scientifically rather than going through some medium that you absolutely have yeah. no no uh no clue about whether this is mm-hmm. at least based on scientific information and 
and AI is based on the data, data that was uh, placed in. And, and Maureen, you're in the technical world. What's your thoughts on it? I mean, you, this is right um, up your alley. Can you hear me? Because, all right. Yeah. yeah. Now and, all right. So as far as when you say AI, so I'm basically, I sit there and think, it's more of predictability to me. So if you put in someone's mm -hmm. personality and all the information about them, and now you're you're assuming that you're going to get the response that you would get if that person was alive, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that that's going to be accurate because I don't care how much you can try to make something that's an artificial intelligent become the person, but everybody is so, their bio-individuality, everyone is so unique and not everybody fits into a mold that you're going to have a specific reaction because guess what? You're going by emotions and you don't have and you're emotions. you by your memories. Correct. Right. And, and you have emotions. So AI has no emotions. It can't be run on emotions. You might be going oh, with statistical oh, information. Yes. It's going with the informational, emotional input that's put into it. Yes, Otherwise, but, it's responding. All right. It, and it, I can see that, but I, to me, there's We're not no, talking a computer here. We're talking artificial intelligence. I understand that. Yep. That's still a computer, though. It's yes. still input data that is that is placed in there. But my thought, and this is my beliefs, is basically uh -huh. you're never going to replicate a human being in every intricate little piece of information. And you're not going to say, well, that would be exactly what you said. Maybe, maybe it's a percentage that it would get correct. But I don't think it's going to be like talking to a person who's deceased. But we, who are we? What is our consciousness? We don't don't know. I mean, it's is isn't consciousness just ones and zeros? Isn't it no. just? I don't no? think so. I think to me, when you say consciousness, and I actually think love, emotions completely. I don't feel it's just bits and bytes and ones and zeros like you're turning a switch off on a computer. You know, you turn a bit on and a bit off on a computer, and that's how you're getting your the data in a computer to respond when you're putting in algorithms, when you're putting in numbers. But you, you know, as much as you want to try to do that to replicate a human being, you might say you're close, but I don't think, I don't perceive it. I might get someone who's artificially, a, you know, potentially get an answer that might be similar, but they're never going to be like the deceased person that's talking to you. I don't believe that at all. Right, because you're talking to a facsimile. Right. And, and you're not real, talking well, to the actual person. That depends what the, well, what the actual person is. If you're talking of the actual person's consciousness, I mean, if the the eventual plan on this whole thing is to be able to upload your consciousness into a uh, an AI, so that's yeah. the ultimate goal, so that you basically never die. So it's like well, taking your soul and putting it into a robot. Yeah. It's, they're also yeah, freezing what are, what are people's we? heads in cryogenics, but that doesn't mean you're going to be able but, to revive them. You know, <laughs> right? All, right. All, all we are is, what is our consciousness? It's just in a, a basically a water sack. I mean, you, you know, that's our bodies are just our bodies. It's That's not who we are. And, of course. And so that's not the important part. So 
It's, I think it's somebody's crazy. watching too much sci-fi. No, that's like, not sci-fi. This is real stuff. Well, this no, there's actually a movie. There is actually, mm -hmm. from what I recall, many I years know. ago. There is. There's a movie where the person's trying. They know they're dying or something, or the wife is dying. I can't mm -hmm. remember which one it was. And they input their, you know, themselves into a computer. And it was, you know, that's what they thought that the person was, was like being in the computer. But I honestly, you know, that's great and all well and good. I just don't foresee it to be actually something that I would put a whole lot of faith in. See, the problem is we don't know what a consciousness is. We don't know what it's composed of. We know that all our bodies and everything are composed of atoms. We can break ourselves down to the very simplest, simplest uh, forms. So it, I, consciousness must be a series of electrical impulses that are, that are in this giant, basically, uh, electron, uh, I would say like greater consciousness almost where it's a, a, all this bits are in there. Isn't that, yeah, speaking of the greater consciousness, isn't that what the greater consciousness is? Um, I don't yes, know. Yes, but you're, you're looking at it from a scientific point of view, but what about it's the spiritual point of view? Your consciousness will stay. Let's say that they put your brain on in a, in a computer. Yeah. Where is your growth spiritually through each life? Well, you know, I believe we come into each life to learn certain lessons. But when they put you in that computer, you're at where you are. So where is the progression of the human soul, you know, trying to, to reach enlightenment? See what I'm saying? You could, what, what, why do we have to be in a physical form to reach enlightenment? Well, if they're going to put you in a computer, isn't that a physical form? may not be a, a, a flesh and blood body, but it's an AI computer. That's still some kind of a form, isn't it? Yeah, true. And even yeah. so, you're not progressing spiritually or learning whatever you're supposed to learn because you are where you are mm -hmm. when they put you in there. See what I mean? So this would, I think would, this, would this appear the same thing as cloning then? From what I understand from cloning, it's it's they take your DNA, but they can make like a thousand or million of you, but it's not really you, is it? Shiver is to it? think. Is it? What? A million of me. I said shiver to think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was right where my mind. I know went a million to. Ron. Yeah, <laughs> a million Ron. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, anyways, we went down that path, which I probably shouldn't have, but I did. But no, it's interesting. It's an interesting question, and and at the end of the day, it's it's humanity playing God, and that always makes me nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying uh, the moral implications are unbelievable, but uh, we do have a there. There is it is a reality now in a way. Uh, it hasn't reached to the point that we've been talking about, but it's been more on the on the basic side, I think. But uh, you know, you you could see it moving in that direction, especially at the the rate that our uh, technology is moving. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. So uh, anyway, we we are coming up to the break. So what I wanted to in this last. Uh, few minutes before the break is find out what you have been doing since the last that I talked to you, uh, Betty. Well, I, I write fiction under the um, pen name BT Lord. So I've got a bunch of books out, both paranormal kind of and just straight murder mysteries. I write murder mysteries set in Maine. Mm -hmm. 
and I oh, write cool. um, paranormal mysteries. And so, um, oh, really? And I'm also, um, it's on Amazon, and I also write on Radish, uh, another platform, and that's um, paranormal horrors. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing, keeping my okay. head down and <laughs> writing. So uh, the are they romance mo- the models? I mean, romance no. novels. Are they more uh, strictly like the 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 murder ones are mis- strictly mystery, and the other ones are what horror? They're horror, paranormal. Yeah. Now I, Maureen and I started out writing romance, but we stopped because we just kind of ran out of positions to write about. So we stopped writing romance. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? It's just formulaic. So when you're, you know, when you start really researching it, you find out that, okay, when you get someone, if you have an editor interested in your books for this romance, well, you have to have three sex scenes. You have to have so much of this going on, so much of that going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, And it really, I hate to say it, it just takes all the, um, fun out of it you know and besides who doesn't like to just when you're aggravated kill off a character just saying you're right (laughs) it's a safe way of doing it so do it in Downton Abbey all the time exactly no my hat's off to to good romance writers but we 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 couldn't do it yeah absolutely I think we we got into that because we knew people we were learning how to write at the time um and Mm -hmm. we're really getting into it and then we realized that maybe, you know, I think Betty and I got along so well because we had similar interests and it was really about the paranormal and murder and it really wasn't romance. (laughs) So, sorry to our husbands. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to take a break and we'll come back. We'll we'll learn more about Betty and the Spirit Light Network and other things that she wants to talk about. So you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, our Ghost Chronicles original with Maureen Wood and Ron Kolick right here on Tojinet. And our special guest is Betty Comfort. Comfort. Uh, Comfort. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, uh, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack <laughs> Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member for a mere three bucks a month. And you help uh, promote the show, and also uh, you get access to, I think it's like 50 different videos and stuff on there exclusively for uh, listeners. So go check it out, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member, and I will love you for life. Ha, ha, ha. Anyways, we'll be right back after the following messages here on Tojinet. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, 
Thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, the Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. back you're listening to ghost chronicles next generation huh original i don't know original <laughs> original works fine and right here on tojanet my special guest is betty comerford did i get that right you did oh good that's a great, great job <laughs> yeah. well, awesome anyways uh betty is a author uh and uh, her and maureen have written several books together she has also written several books on her own and she is also a member of the Spirit Light Network and all that stuff. But uh, if somebody wants to find out more information about you, Betty, how can they? Um, they can go to um, www.comeaffordwilson.com. That's spell the, it? Uh, the website yeah, that Steve and I set up. Want to spell it? Um, C-O-M-E-R-F is in Frank, O-R-D is in David. Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N.com. And it go. talks about, you know, the, the books that we wrote on empathy. Oh, that's what right. What it means to be an empath, how yeah. to deal with it. All right. So why don't we touch on that a little bit? Uh, so. Okay. You want to take that lead, Maureen? Since sure. So, so when you're feeling, you know, so actually, why don't you explain to the listeners, Betty, like when you're saying empathy, um, for someone, do, how do they recognize if they're empathic? Basically, an empath is a human sponge. So huh. you physically feel what other people are feeling. For example, you know, a friend may come to you and something terrible's happened. And while they're talking, your stomach feels tight or your chest hurts or you just feel awful. That's an empath. You're physically feeling their emotions and their feelings and their thoughts. So we had many people come to us saying, this is a curse. I don't like feeling all this stuff. If you think about what's happening in the world today, a lot of people are getting really upset, depressed, so much in fear because of, you know, the news and all of that. And they would come and say, this is a curse, take it away. And we would say, no, it's a wonderful gift. You were just never given the tools on how to work with it and how to deal with it. And that's what these series of books are about, is how to enhance your gift, enjoy your gift, learn your gift of being an empath. 
So when someone's feeling, you know, overwhelmed, let's say, by all this energy, earlier you mentioned grounding. Is that one of the methods you would teach them to actually move that energy out of themselves and, and feel better? Yes. Um, in each of the books that we wrote, we always put in at the end of the chapter a how-to on how to use several energy techniques that will help you get through the day. And the most important one is what we call grounding. And it's basically, you know, the energy comes at you from all directions and you get overwhelmed. There's a way to just move it out of you so that it doesn't stick to you like Velcro. And it's a very simple technique. Some people use the famous, you know, imagine the roots of trees coming out from the bottom of your feet. That's one technique. But my favorite is the red ball. And basically you just, picture a red ball about a foot beneath the soles of your feet and you concentrate on that ball because energy follows intention. So if you intend the energy that you're feeling to go into that red ball, it does. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I teach that all the time and people are amazed at how good they feel after a few moments of just concentrating on that little red ball. Yeah. One of my favorite methods is eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there isn't there endorphins or something that come with eating chocolate? I'm sure there's endorphins. Of course, in this in this day and age, you, you know, Ron, you'd probably end up being five thousand pounds. No, <laughs> not necessarily. Eat the good chocolate. Eat the good there chocolate. Go. There's calories Eat. with it. I don't know about anything That's else. That's the thing. But... The calories. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're very thin. Good. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, you and Steve uh, wrote this book on empathic and uh, what, what, I forget the first, what was the something the empath, right? What is the, the question? The uh, the first one was the, the reluctant empath. Reluctant empath. And that, that was the first one. Yeah. And what, what is in the, what is, uh, I mean, that's the title of the book, but what's in the book besides the, you know, your different methods. Uh, basically what we did was, yeah, I, I always had a hard time, um, reading spiritual books that were like scientific manuals, no offense, Ron. Wow. Um, so what we did was um, we took examples in our lives and we created two characters and the books are told in the character's point of view. And the first book won an award and we, that came out several years ago, but we still get emails from all over the world, how much this book has helped people understand what empathy is and that they're not crazy. So it's told in a fictional way, but none of mm -hmm. the fiction. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think yeah. that's fantastic. It's a great way of handling it, the topic as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. It made it more immediate for the reader. I don't know why I mentioned this, but I do want to mention it. There was a, a woman whose husband was killed and she wrote a kid's book on how to deal with grief and everything else. They just arrested for him or her for his murderer. Oh, my. Oh, I heard about Say that, that again. I, I, I must have yes. missed that because my brain is not even comprehending that that's possible. But yes, yes, yes. She she uh, yeah, she, her husband died and it was a big thing. She had two young kids and uh yeah, she wrote a child's book and and how to for children how to uh, deal with grief and so forth. And uh, they arrested him for his murder. Oh my goodness! Yeah, she poisoned. Thanks all kinds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She must have really wanted a book bad, huh? 
Um, I guess so. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good seller too. Actually, won some awards. Oh boy. <laughs> well, maybe she can actually write a book on how to, you know, in prison. Live in prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get through prison. Exactly. Oh, that's not so, good. So, Betty, you you also go in cases and everything, right? Are you not as much it? anymore? But we yeah. not not as much. We no. we actually handle a lot of things over the phone believe it or not, because it it all comes down to energy. Mm-hmm. Remote healing kind of thing, huh? Kind of a remote, yeah, remote investigation, remote healing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being a medium, being a psychic, I don't need to physically be there to tap into what's happening. And a lot of people I don't understand that. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand how that would work. You know, they say, oh, yeah, that's a bunch of bull. But, you know, you yeah. talk about there are, uh, there are uh, psychics who do readings over the phone you know mm-hmm. there are people who do reiki over the phone there are people who do mm-hmm. all different things uh remotely uh to zoom and so forth so it's it's not totally out of uh step you know, with energy we're all energy right so it's all energy i yeah. mean i'm sorry go ahead go ahead maureen oh no i was just saying we're all we're all energy so i mean energy is not kept to one location right Mm -hmm. you're able to connect to other people's energy as long as either you've practiced it or you're familiar with that doing that it shouldn't be an issue yeah here's a little analogy go ahead no go i was going to say here's here's a little analogy let's say that you know your mother lives in in the uk and you get a phone call that you know something terrible happened to her wouldn't you suddenly feel fear or, or horror or whatever, that's energy. And she's in the UK and you're still feeling it. Right. So energy is energy. It doesn't matter where you are, you're going to feel it. Exactly. I mean, that's why they, they have like remote viewing, uh, you know, the yep. Stargate pro- program and so forth, where they're, they're uh, astral projection, you know, it's another example of mm-hmm. that. Uh, Mari and I tried a couple of experiments yeah, with that, if we I did. remember. Well, hmm. I mean, there's even famous examples that um, I want to say that they had where they put, like, for instance, a mother in one room and locked the room and then put their the woman's child in another room. And when the baby started crying and the mother wasn't, you know, next door, but when the baby started crying, the mother was reacting. So, I mean, right there is that energetic connection, right, to that child. You don't have to be in the same room. I mean, how many people get that moment where, oh, my God, I'm thinking of a certain person and a phone calls. It's not just, you know, is it just you have this energetic connection or, you know, is it because, you know, that whether it's love, whether it's just like Betty said, fear or whatever it might be. But you have these impulses that come through and that's just energy being released and you can be picking that up. Well, think about, you know, I know police don't like to hear it, but think about the gut feelings they get over a suspect or, or over a crime scene. They're reading energy. Right. Well, they were okay with gut feeling. So when you say there's actually a book out there that my daughter is um, a police officer or she's a lieutenant, and they, when she went to the academy, all reading, they give books out to all the parents because these books are talking exactly about that, but they definitely use you know, the gut feeling and how to interpret it and how to pay attention to your intuition. And, but they don't want to call it. They try to stay away from all the spiritual connotations and the different language. And they go with just your gut will tell you what X, Y, Z is making them feel. Mm -hmm. And that's energy. Right. 
Yeah, but we have that in, in all our lives, though, don't we? Like we we can, you know, we see somebody and for no reason at all, we don't like that person or, or we see another person and for some reason we're, we're drawn to them. Uh, you know, isn't that the same type of thing where we're actually reading their energies? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, but, you know, when you've got someone who, like Maureen, you know, she spent years studying this. I spent years studying this. Ours is a little bit more enhanced, what yeah, we not, feel. Yeah. But, yeah, every, every, every person feels energy. Every person's going to feel it. It's just how much are they open to believing it, too, mm-hmm. right? Because right. I think yeah. there's those who are very determined that, science is the only way and I can't believe this and it's not real. Well, then they can't say, well, I don't experience anything. Well, you probably won't, right? Because in your mindset, you're already closed off the possibility. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you, are you familiar, um, Ron or Betty with Deepak Chopra's, I think it's called, I might get, might be getting this in reverse, but Ageless Minds, Timeless Bodies or something like that. It's one of his earlier books. Okay. You guys, I've, I've heard of that. Them. I don't know if I've heard of the book. Yeah. The, the only reason, and it brings to mind an example, is basically um, there was research done because he always researched, you know, spiritualness and energy and how, you know, how people can, you know, how can you prove that there is these things take place. And I know that at one time they actually took uh, one person, they were putting, hooking them up to a lie detector test. They scraped cells off of, now this sounds gross, but they scraped cells off of his tongue and they put it between two glass plates. And then they took those glass plates like two miles away and attached it to a, um, you know, the lie detector on that end. So there was one on the person and one on, you know, the cells between his, the glass plates. And what they found was when they asked questions to the person who was in the room answering, the machine that was two miles away answered as well. And all that had was the cells from his tongue. Mm -hmm. So it's just proving, I mean, we're all energy beings and we're energy, you know, energetically connected in this big web of consciousness, pretty much. Um, Mm -hmm. And basically that was kind of proven that scenario that you, you know, you do have that reaction and, and it does take place. I mean, there are many things that, you know, we can look at that, that uh, energy has, a, I mean, for instance, plants alone, many people don't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, all you pe- Peter people, uh, you know, what plants have emotions too. <laughs> yes, they I, do. When I was mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, started out my business years ago uh, in environmental, we, we, uh, back in the seventies, we, had a biofeedback device for plants and we could connect uh, to, to the leaves of plants and the plants would respond audibly to uh, different stimuli, whether it's people or smoke or pain or, or whatever, and you could hear it. So even on the cellular level of plants, th- there is this same energy that's out there. So I think there are a, a lot of different types of energy in the world, in other words, and I, and I, I do believe it's connected to myself uh, as part of a, a greater conscious, whatever, a great, you know, like the Star Wars one, the Force. So oh. I, I, it's kind of like <laughs> everywhere. No, it is. It really is. Well, we were just talking about this yesterday. That's why yeah. we're laughing, Ron. We're not laughing at you, but Betty was saying the same thing. Really? I was saying the, the energy, it's, it's, it's the other word is the Force. 
The force yeah. does exist. It's energy. It, yeah, it connects everything together. And and how do you say there's a disruption in the force? Well, that's that happens. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It is. That absolutely happens. Uh, now, what this force is, what this energy is, beyond that is, I can't tell you. In other words, is it a greater consciousness or is it just a greater... I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. That's the. I mean, that's the amazing thing. That's why I love doing what I do. And uh, there's there's just too many uh, mysteries out there that, that need uh, looking into. So anyway, mm -hmm. so you you guys deal with it all the time. Uh, I know you. Uh, are you a, a Reiki uh, practitioner, uh, Betty? No. Um, I'm more what I would call a shamanic shamanic. practitioner. Yeah, shamanic. Yeah. Okay. I was, yeah. As soon as I said it, I realized that. Yeah. 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 So, wow. That's an insult to Reiki practitioners everywhere. No, no, it isn't. Reiki We're is going to protest. Because... <laughs> no, Reiki is, it's, it's great because it, it shows people that energy does exist and mm -hmm. it's a great foundation on which to build upon. Mm hmm so I would okay. never put it down. I started Better, as a Reiki practitioner. So is Maureen, right? She's a yeah. master. I'm a Reiki yeah. master. Yeah, no, master. Three, three yeah, we, times we, over. we became masters together. Yeah, we we, we became masters together. I'm a I'm a mere practitioner. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that a lot of you know not and again I'm not putting down because I honestly I. You know, I've had the um, gone through the three different classes with three different, you know, teachers and getting the Reiki master and so forth. But um, I there are some people that are more naturally, I think, able to just, you know, you, they might just do the healing and they don't realize it. Right. Because mm -hmm. you have someone that just lays hands on their loved ones, like a mother who's with a child and putting their, you know, the hands on the child and it makes them feel better or only because they may be natural healers. Um, not to say that, you know, and having the Reiki, you know, Reiki um, master would be great. But I do think a lot of people can. It's naturally a gift that you can do that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. It's intriguing stuff. I mean, we look at all the different uh, spiritual modalities and they all deal with energy of some sorts, whether it's, you know, we look at it, even spoon bending, which is a, mm -hmm. a simple yeah. thing. You know, it's uh, uh, it's fascinating. I always thought, I thought, the, I, I told you about that class I took with Dr. Wang or whatever mm -hmm. like his name was, Wang Yang, Ging, Gene, Gene, what's his name? Gene, Wang, Yang, Yang, whatever. I, I can't remember. Yeah, you're as bad as me. So, yeah, I took a class, and you know, I thought it was a bunch of baloney, uh, as most of the classes I take. Hey, uh, it's true. You know that going in, it's like whatever. This hey, I taught like, you dowsing. I know. Yes, I know. And now I have taught many people dowsing. See, but yes, but I understand dowsing too, which is great too, and how it can be faked, and how it can be misused, and how it can, whatever. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I took that class and I really didn't expect anything out of it. And uh, yet I was able to do all the exercises uh, that he performed, which were uh, quite a few. I think it was 7-11, but it was all to do with energy. But the interesting thing about it, though, it seems like in a class, it it flows much better. In other words, many, many people... Uh, 
can do it really easy, but if they go in on their own and they do it, they, sometimes it takes them a little while to, you know, they have to practice to, to get it going. But it seems like in that class, they just be able to do it almost, you know, perfectly right off the bat. And it, 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 you think that has to do with the group energy or, yeah. or is it, yeah. or is it yeah. the it's teacher's the energy? the collective energy. I think it's a little of both, but I think it's the collective energy about people that are sitting next to you. Think about it. And it's not detracting from talking about the class, but how many times do you say that collective prayer, right? When you have, mm -hmm. they've even, they even prove, have proven that, that you have people like one group of people that were, had heart surgeries that they put in prayer group, you know, they prayed mm -hmm. for and they healed faster. Then you have another group that you didn't and they healed, but it took them longer, right? So you have that, co the collective energy. So if you have a class and you're, all of the people in the class are focusing with their intention on doing the same, you know, step and bending the spoons, I think you're going to find it's easier than if you try to do it by yourself. Yeah, I want to I want to say something I have to inject here because I, I have to. Um, we, we throw the word out proof uh, a lot in during the show. And mm -hmm. there are studies where there have been uh, studies that prove this thing. But there are also many other studies that have not come up with the same results. So just because there has been one or two a study doesn't mean that that proof is a, is a universal proof. Otherwise, in that particular study, it, it was uh, successful, mm -hmm. but are other, other studies that have it. So I just wanted yeah. to add that out there. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to cast any aspersions or anything, but we tend to do that to make our own points. Uh, yeah, there's validate, nothing written in stone. There's validate nothing, our own yeah, that's the thing there's about There's nothing spirituality. 100%. There's nothing yeah. written in stone. There's right. not, you know, if you go to a medium or you go to a psychic and she tells mm -hmm. you XYZ, it's a potential future. It's a potential what they're picking up. It's not written in stone, you know, you, and nothing is, you know, it's nothing's like a guarantee. So, right. you know, people just need to kind of be aware of that, that, you know, it's the unknown for a reason. And they have to mm -hmm. understand it, or at least attempt to understand it uh, and mm -hmm. try to. I mean, Steve Parson, who's uh, one of the leading parapsychologists in the UK, I mean, he's very well grounded as far as that, that even though he looks at things and he can explain a lot of different things, uh, he still knows of cases and, 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 and uh, is open to cases where things have occurred that can't be easily explained away. So that's what we kind of look at. You know, we look at certain practices that, that seem to work uh, and we accept that for what they are. Now, you know, that's as far as we can go with it. Uh, can we, like mm -hmm. prove that they work well that's the word proof is thrown out but we don't really uh you really have to define what proof is in, in, in into the whatever i don't want to get into it that much but i i didn't mean to go on there. i just wanted to throw that out there but anyways we are heading towards the end of the show so betty anything else you want to mention before uh we carry on uh <laughs> i can't think of anything um that's okay. That's all right. You know, so, just 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 know that you know what's. I know this is going to sound crazy, but you know what what's happening out there in the world. It it needs to happen. You know, mm -hmm. I really believe that. You know, and uh, we'll we'll get through it. You know, humanity is very resilient. Just you know, keep the faith, and and we will get through the, all of this. You know, I think it's yeah. the it's the trying times, and it's for people to make particular choices for themselves, and we'll we'll get through it. 
So I, I want to ask you a quick question. We still have a little bit of time. Is on shamanic uh, modality, what is it exactly? What is a shaman or what kind of a healing is it? Or What, what is the modality? What is sh- shamanism? Um, well, shamanism has been around for centuries, for millennia. You know, they were the ones that could tap into that, the force, <laughs> into the universal energy. And they were the ones that could tell you, you got to hunt here or don't hunt this day or do this kind of thing. Because they felt that energy of the universe around them. And that's what the modern day shamanic practitioner does. They tap into that universal energy and are able to help people heal. Many times helping them with blocks they're not, they may not even be aware of to help them lead a more fulfilling life. So shamans are basically healers then? Healers, energy doctors, whatever you want to call it, yes. yes. Okay. So if someone went for a shamanic healing, um, you know, just in a, if you can, in a few words, what would that entail? Um, the shamanic practitioner will tap into their energy because your aura holds who you were, who you are, and who you will be, not only in this life, but all your lives. They're able to tap into that and, you know, guided by their guides and by the person's guides, the patient's guides, they can start to uncover what's in the subconscious, bring it into the conscious so that together they can start to heal whatever it is that's keeping the person back. Yeah, it's, it's, there's amazing amount of modalities out there. Uh, shamanism yep. is one of the oldest ones and one of the most respected, I mm-hmm. think. But, you know, I've had so many different things done to me and, and uh, you know, I have DNA activated by a special wand from, made by something from under the full moon. I had <laughs> my biblical cord cut from something or other or other. And other. I mean, it, it's hard in this world today that are these like offshoots of shamanism, that type of stuff? Um, when you think back to the medicine men and the medicine mm-hmm. women, of let's say Native American tribes, those were the yep. shamans. Okay. And we are just about running out. So once again, if people want to get in touch with Betty Comerford, uh, how can they do that? And, and give, you, give your uh, books, where can they be found and all that stuff. Um, the books with Steve uh, is under my name, Betty Comerford, Steve Wilson. It's on Amazon. My fiction is under BT Lord. You can find me, btlordwriter.com with the empathic and the shamanic stuff that's uh comerfordwilson.com i'm on facebook you can look me up there mm-hmm. that's betty with only one t because she betty with one t she misspelled it when <laughs> she was I young to be and different. She had to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> well thank you guys for having me i so Thanks, appreciate betty. it it was fun yeah right. i mean I, I i'm sure it wasn't what you planned on but i, I apologize for that but that's no, it was it was it was better. It was better than what I expected on, honestly. Okay. Anyways, we're gonna <laughs> wrap questions. up. Great having you, uh, Betty. Okay, so take care, everybody. Listen, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles, uh oh, Ghost Chronicles on Tojinet with Maureen Wood and Ron Kolick. And our special guest has been Betty Comforted. Uh, Comf- uh Comerford. Yes, that too. And <laughs> uh, we are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, two eighty six Merrimack Street, Thurman, Massachusetts. The Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, not the end over Massachusetts. And our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Be a member of the Didier Society and join us. And uh, tune in next week.
Good night, everyone. God bless. Good night. And God Stay bless. safe. And Marmee, thank you so much for joining me tonight. And uh, give a heads up. Ann's going to be taking a little bit of time's up, time off. So who knows who, who I will be appearing with each week. So there you go. All right. See you Take next care. week. Good night. Yep. God bless. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.